Hello and welcome to Integral Teaching, presented by teachingintothefuture.com. My name is Diane Walters, and I've got a series of podcasts based on what I call the unfinished lesson, leaving room for the students. Let's get right to it. I want to talk about understanding the human being, which leads to more questions and more developments and more possibilities like a pattern or puzzle waiting to be linked together. When thinking about patterns or puzzles, I look to personality types. And whether you're talking about the 16 Myers-Briggs types of personalities often used in schools and psychological centers, their base behind that was the four temperaments, which were first described by Hippocrates and later by the Greek physician Galen in the second century AD. So what is a temperament? The idea of human personalities or temperaments is looking at what kind of temper they have. And I think as teachers and parents, we can look to ourselves first and the children and youth second and first figure out, well, if we were to categorize our own personalities, how are we affecting the children and youth entrusted to our care? Are we governing ourselves and are we aware of how our temperament can affect others, first of all? And if we are aware, how are we working to transform it so that we're actually utilizing what the children need rather than what we ourselves might commonly respond from a place of either criticism, irritability, anger, or overly optimistic to the point of not seeing the problem in front of us or the child's problem in front of us. I'm going to just very briefly describe the four temperaments. I have just put a quiz on my website, Teaching Into the Future, which will help you really temper your temperament. First of all, work with it a little bit just to to see whether or not you know yourself so that you can work with others in the most meaningful and clean way of working. Our temperaments are expressed by psychological and physical characteristics, which can fall into four broad groups that the Greeks developed, choleric, melancholic, phlegmatic, and sanguine. I'll stress the key qualities of all four related to the four elements like earth, air, fire, and water, because I've worked with those elements as a teacher in the classroom with great success. But I'm also talking to the parents here because parents who are homeschooling and parents are just parents can be adversely affecting their own child without realizing it. But more often than that, when we're coming out of a place of care and devotion and love, we often can transform our immediate personalities. But do we see the personality of our children? Rudolf Steiner spoke about the role of the temperaments in 1919, and so many Waldorf teachers around the world practice teaching and understanding the four temperaments, not as a blast from the past and a tendency to, in a way, dig up old, irrelevant information, but actually use this as a tool to go deeper, further, and more direct into a certain psychological attribute that a child can have. 
choleric children are the strong, dominant leaders of the class. A choleric parent can be the same, more dictatorial, more captain of the ship. Same with the teacher. A choleric teacher has a need for strong respect from both parents, students, and other colleagues. A choleric parent can be an initiator of new things, can move the family across the country in the blink of a hat, but always for a greater vision and a greater purpose. So it makes sense that a choleric child can do the same. They're often the dominant leader. They exhibit visionary qualities. They see where, in a way, the future of the class or the lesson or the event is going, and they will work towards it. They are goal-oriented. They love success. They love to win. They can be a little too dominant with others, both as a parent, teacher, and student, and they need to rein in. But the way I always worked with choleric children was working through connection and respect. So when there was an infraction that occurred by one of the other students or that may have occurred between myself and my choleric student, they misperceived what I might have been saying or wanting because they needed my praise more than the process and I didn't give it to them, I would never directly confront them with it in the moment. I would wait sometimes a whole day, and respond to them later. If it was an infraction between students, I would do the same. I would have a step where they had to draw the infraction out on the blackboard and stick figures before they talked about it because they have a tendency to get very resistant and they have a hard time being corrected. Their fire has to go out a little bit, just a little, in order for us to reach a choleric. The same thing is true as a colleague, teacher, or parent. A choleric adult can really damage other children or people in the family with their dominant, overriding personalities. But we're never one temperament, and I'll end up with that one. But I'd like to jump right away with a quick description of the melancholic child. The melancholic child is often thin, droopy, Melancholic speaks with the word quiet, shy, loner, tendency to keep to themselves, tendency to feel victimized, tendency to feel what's wrong with the world rather than what's right. Amazing researcher, deep thinker. That melancholic child in the class is very sensitive to sound, to all that's going on around them, would prefer to be by themselves a little bit. The classic introvert. Often just one or two friends, not the whole class. The melancholic teacher can, in a way, take that class into deep recesses of history. If they're in a history blog or science, they have a tendency to not know when their research has no longer become interesting because it's too factual or dry, because melancholics love a sort of dry humor when other people might not appreciate that. A melancholic parent can depress a child's enthusiasm. So if you're a melancholic parent, it would be really important to really bring in the other aspect beyond the earth element of heaviness or despair or what's wrong into a little lighter 
approach to what could be right. And the way to do that with a melancholic is to work out of trust. So if I knew that I had a child with melancholic tendencies, I would need them to trust me. And the way that a melancholic trusts is to know that I too have had hardship. I too have had to overcome obstacles as they do. And so I would bring story to them of my own obstacles. Or if they came to me with an obstacle of a traumatic event, of a bee sting, it might not be traumatic, traumatic, but for them it was traumatic, of a bee sting that happened six months ago. I would not dismiss it. I would tell them that if it happened this six months ago and they were still feeling it, I better send them home. I better give them a Band-Aid. I better, maybe we should even go to the hospital because something might be wrong. So I would over-elaborate their problem so that they could see themselves in it and pull themselves back and help them to transform their own victimhood. I'm not talking about serious trauma here. I'm just talking about the melancholic tendency towards something being wrong with the world and how they need to feel right with it. The opposite of a melancholic is the sanguine. And you'd think every child should be sanguine, happy, go lucky, carefree, social butterfly, usually the most popular in the class. They crave love like a beta flower. They need praise. They need smiles. They often give praise and smiles. They dance and bounce all over the classroom. They can be thoughtless with others when they invite them to a birthday party in elementary school. And the melancholic or other child has been looking forward to it all week. This happened many times in my teaching career. And the sanguine would run off with a different child after school and flippantly say, oh, you can come over tomorrow not realizing that they had just crushed the melancholic friend who they had originally invited. So thoughtlessness is a par for that. A sanguine teacher can flit all over the place, jack of all trades, master of none. And though that's great in a way of being a generalist, they often don't go deep enough into a subject and they confuse the kids because they bounce all over the place. Their lack of organization in the classroom and out of it can really affect the children. Though they're really happy and they smile a lot, they really don't remember to track classes, to track assessments in progress. The sanguine parent, again, very happy, very go lucky, can totally exhaust their own family members because they're going off to the mall, they're going to pick up something they pack in too much in a very short period of time. And they don't realize that others just trying to keep up with them can be exhausted. The last really quick personality type is the phlegmatic. And the phlegmatic, I would say, was the happiest kid in the class. The slightly rounded, slight smile on the face all the time, water rolls off the back kind of kid who seems to be happy with everyone and everything, just no real problems. Little sloppy in their work, can get lazy, needs a lot of reminder to get the homework done, needs a lot of reminder to practice something isn't the first one to put up their hand and offer and initiate. In fact, they are not initiators. I've had many parents come to me with, and, and ask what was wrong with their phlegmatic child because they didn't seem to be interested in anything. 
And I said, oh, no, they're interested in everything. They're just interested in what their friends are interested in. So they're really interested in friends. They will be the best friend and the most faithful friend you could ever have. A phlegmatic teacher can take one subject and take it on way too long, and they don't realize that the kids are bored. They don't realize because they're so happy and content just discussing the same thing over and over and over again because they love routine. They are great planners. They love routine. But they have completely driven something into the ground, a subject into the ground. And a phlegmatic parent can, again, really cause distractedness. So whether you're a teacher or a parent in, and as a predominantly phlegmatic person, the kids get really restless in the classroom. In home, the effect would be the family becomes a bit more phlegmatic, a little couch potato, really affixed with food and comfort. And it's hard to take those traits of non-activity in childhood to become self-disciplined. So whether I'm talking about the choleric, melancholic, phlegmatic, or sanguine child, I'm talking about a personality type that can be, in one hand, a great attribute, and on another, a great weakness. So by recognizing that, I could see as a teacher how I could work with the four elements of choleric fire, melancholic earth, phlegmatic water, and sanguine air. And I could say, well, I'm primarily a sanguine choleric. But I could say, which three temperaments as an adult am I the most? And I would say choleric, melancholic, sanguine the least of which I'm phlegmatic. So I needed to work on more phlegma. I needed to be more like water, more flowy. I needed to sit more often with that smile on my face and just be content with moving slower. And so I began to practice that to round myself out. And so if you're an adult working as a parent or a teacher, working on what you are least will help round you out. And in the same vein, though, with children, you're first wanting to meet them in kind of like a homeopathic way of first recognizing who they are so that you can meet them at all, so you can connect. So the choleric I would connect with respect, the melancholic with trust, the phlegmatic with a level of faithful loyalty to others, and the sanguine love. And that I would let them know I see them that way and they felt seen, heard, and recognized. Then I would actually work, instead of the opposites, I would work with giving them more of the same, so I would match them with like a homeopathic dose, a choleric with a choleric, which can get a little rough. They can actually have a fight because they're both full of fire. The melancholic with another melancholic actually repels. They, they start smiling and laughing and dancing. Watch them happen because they, they're, they're meeting themselves in the other. And so we all need balance. And working with this level of four personality types and finding balance in the classroom completely changed the way I taught because I felt that it was a secret to connecting with the kids that I had at any age level, at any group. But it was also an avenue of exploration of transforming my own temperament and through the elements and seeing what I was least of and practicing that. 
until finally I put my own personality of choleric, sanguine, slightly melancholic thought life into the back of the door or the the coat hook, as it were. And I began to try on what I needed to be for the children. So in the morning, if I saw that my class was basically really tired and coming in in more of a melancholic way because they were tired and perhaps it was a Monday and they had a big week, some of them had a big weekend, or they stayed up late and they were off rhythm in elementary school, let alone in high school where they really had a tendency to come in gravity bound. But I would meet that with, if they were very earthy, I wouldn't meet that with earth, I would meet that with air. I would just put on a sanguine temperament. I would be light and airy and kind of lift them up out of that earthbound state. Or if they were quite fiery and they had just come in after a recess or a break and they were full of fire, I would utilize that by bringing in earth and I would sit more. I wouldn't put out their fire, but I would definitely channel it. I went into the earth. And so I would just be a little bit more grounded than they were rather than meet fire with fire. If they came in and they were kind of like watery, phlegmatic, they were just a little apathetic, talking about when recess is just not that interested in what we were doing. Maybe it was a math block. Maybe we were going on a field trip. Who knows? But whatever they were doing, I would then put on my enthusiasm, which is the fire. And I would lay it on as whether I felt it or not, I felt they needed that. And it often worked. So the last one, of course, all children in a way are sanguine. And all youth are kind of fiery or choleric, depending on their circumstance. But I feel like overall, when the kids needed a bit more sugar, they needed me to smile more often because I was being a little too responsible. A test was coming up and I was worried that they weren't going to pass or I was personally stressed by the weight of the meetings I was in that week or the assessments and reports I needed to file wasn't completed. I really decided that I needed more air and I needed more sanguinity. And so I just brought that to the class by way of humor. I told more jokes, more riddles. I moved around. I flitted from one thing to the other. I lightened everything up like a sanguine can do. So it not only gave me ways of looking into the temperaments of the kids in my classes, whether I taught kindergarten all the way through grade 12, and I believe me, I've used this for 36 years successfully. I have ways of becoming that which I was not and rounding myself out, as well as helping parents create a strategy for meeting their children. And I still do that in my services to homeschooling parents on my website, is that I work with family dynamics. I give them a personality test, which you can find on my website, just do it for free to define a little bit about how they see themselves. And for the most part, it's usually quite accurate. But then I take that into a family consult. 
where we discuss their own tendencies and their own personality types of the whole family and how best to serve that in a homeschooling capacity so that they're working with the best, not the worst of what could happen at home and the, the highest potential, really. I've been incredibly grateful to the Greeks for the four temperaments. And as I continued to explore personality types in various psychological sites, I have seen that they all, most of them, boil down to those four original Greek temperaments, which is kind of like a blast from the past that brings wisdom and depth into the future. Thank you for listening to Integral Teaching, presented by Teaching Into the Future, and I hope to see you again. If I piqued your interest, it would really help if you would rate my show either by a like or giving me your personal rating. I'm just starting out here, and I've got a whole lot more for you. So stay tuned for my next podcast. 